2: New Year's Eve, 1879, 35-year-old Carl Benz and his wife, Bertha, sit huddled around a small engine in their frigid workshop in Mannheim, Germany. As Carl looks down at the small block of iron, he no doubt thinks about the decade's worth of work and near financial ruin contained in his small footprint. But even if he can finally get it to run smoothly, It's only the first step. His end goal is to use it in a horseless carriage with hopes of changing the way people move. The moment of truth. He spins the enormous flywheel, and the two-stroke engine spins to life. He anxiously waits for the engine to sputter out, but the moment never comes.
1: After several tense minutes, Carl remarks to Bertha, The more it comes, the more it enchants the pressing worries away from my heart.
2: But not in his wildest dreams could he imagine what he had set into motion. How did Karl Benz, Gottlieb Daimler, and Wilhelm Maybach? revolutionized the internal combustion engine? How did they create an industry from essentially nothing? And how is the story of the automobile itself inexorable from the story of Mercedes-Benz? Well, today on Past Gas, it's the first episode in a four-part series on the history of Mercedes-Benz.
1: I'm stoked. LFG, let's freaking go! Let's go! <laughs> Past Gas
2: podcast. It's about cars. It's not about
1: ports. As a a person in the automotive media industry, Mm -hmm. I am often asked what my favorite car is. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a favorite car. I feel like if you really like cars, you don't have a favorite car. Like a rotating top. They're like 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 children.
0: How are you going to pick your favorite children? For sure. Uh,
1: But I would say that more often than not, I think Mercedes-Benz is my favorite car company. Really? Yeah because they make like race cars mm-hmm. and dump trucks <laughs> yeah like they're you know we don't see their entire like breadth here in mm-hmm. the states but if you go over to Europe like Mercedes makes mm-hmm. so much stuff they're like Ford
0: mm-hmm. but Mercedes True, yeah yeah I think it's more of a special brand in the. US because of that yeah because you go over and like I remember going to Sicily when I was like 16 or something and my parents were like we got a Mercedes. Yeah. And it was like a C-Class uh-huh. and looking back at it now I'm like it's a C-Class? That was like a Hyundai Elantra. Yeah, <laughs> but back then I was like whoa, a oh, Mercedes. Yeah, all right whoa. dad. I can okay, see the, dad. A dog burning on the side of the road from this beautiful <laughs> air condition. What? That's a real thing. You saw a dog burning on the side of the road? Yeah, there was a dead dog and we passed it and my parents were like don't don't look. Wow! And of course, you look and there's a, a someone had just thrown a dead dog next to the dumpster. What? And on the way back, that dog was on fire. <laughs> so cool. that's more of a you know sizzly thing. That's <laughs> yeah, not that's a Mercedes, Mercedes thing. thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Wow! I feel like we we'll spent more time in yeah, this episode yeah. already talking about that <laughs> than cars. Um, sure. I remember when my one of my f- best friends, his mom, got a, a C-class Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And the first time I rode in that to his house, they lived out like on the outskirts of town. You have to go through these twisty, uh, hilly roads. And being in that thing, that was like almost an automotive awakening for sure. That would be a really lame name for a podcast. By automotive the way. Awakening?
1: Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's the worst podcast.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: that
1: podcast
2: sucks. So what was
0: your favorite for a first car you liked? <laughs> and your host, Justin Long. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yes. Um, Mercedes, man, I, I I can't. We're gonna do a four. This is four parts of this. Yeah, yeah it's we have it planned out. By the way, we do. yes yeah. it's, for it's once outlined. Yeah, and uh, that's exciting. Uh, we haven't
1: done a multi parter in a long time. Not no. especially not a four-parter. I really like multi-part episodes. Mm-hmm. I love diving mm-hmm. deep into all the details. Donut from the beginning, like has been founded on like our interest in like automotive history and really just like the little intricacies and the stories that Mm -hmm. have contributed to where cars are today. It's a fascination of mine and I'm really excited to like, Just really touch on, like I said, oftentimes my favorite car company ever. I own a Mercedes, by the way. With these legacy companies. I own a Mercedes, Mercedes, by the the way. By the way, way, I own a Mercedes. I own a Mercedes, by the way. I live in Los Angeles. I I drive a Mercedes. I drive a Mercedes in Los Angeles. Don't even worry about it. (laughs) I don't anymore, though, because Riley took it. Mm.
0: But I think with these legacy companies.
1: (laughs) 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 Wait, what? I don't drive my Mercedes anymore. Riley, she drives it? it. Yeah. Oh, she looks way cute. My girlfriend drives my Mercedes to
2: Equinox
0: <laughs> in LA, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me proud of myself. She spilled yeah. acai all over the seat. <laughs> <acai>. <laughs> all right, I'm going to say Pilates my thought. Back. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say. <laughs> With these kind of companies, you like knowing that there's three more parts coming. You get to look forward to the cool eras that mm-hmm. you really love, and there's like a lot of Mercedes. And there's like Parkway. Taylor Swift, but cars, dude. Mm-hmm. Eras, <laughs> yeah. Except less mid, well, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Wow, dude. Wait, what I know. A slut I know it's a woman, so dude. mainstream, nice. <laughs> dude. I love that I know about you. No, it's so mainstream and not like Taylor Swift. But come on, I want to watch the Chiefs not think about her
1: (laughs) I'm glad we found a way to mention Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift on our car podcast (sighs) yeah which proves just proves the uh, the reach that
2: she has
0: (laughs) it's true yeah
1: Anyway, <laughs>
2: anyway, <laughs> anyway, geez, anyway, my name is Nolan Sykes, almost forgot to do intros
1: across from me. Is I'm going to try Pumphrey, P- I phone in my catchphrases all the time and I mm-hmm. really want to get one that sticks. Let's try it out. I got a bunch on the YouTube channel yeah, that ended up on t-shirts and for some yeah. reason on the podcast, I'm like, huh, yeah, whatever, yeah. what's up, you know? So you got something for us?
0: Come back to me. Okay. Ah, yeah. come back to me is good. Oh, uh, that's gross. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Joe Weber. What's up, Joe? What's
0: up? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm so d- it's, this is a late record. Yeah, you guys talked a, about uh, our 8 a.m. energy. This uh, is 315 15 energy. It, I just got out of school in no, my head. Friday, uh, dude. All right. Uh, I got, okay.
2: I got one. Oh, yeah. Okay. And across from me is James Pumphrey. Let it rip.
1: Nice. All right. It's okay. It's mm-hmm. fine.
0: Fits with the past gas I know. Though, I know. Let, oh, let it rip, rip as well. Oh. Yeah. I was trying to think
1: of something that we could say in a car. Yeah. Let it rip. Mhm. All
2: right, let's get
1: into <laughs> Mercedes
2: Part 1. Here we go. The early days in this episode here. Carl. I've got the Benz. Nice. Radiohead. Yeah. Nice. My favorite radio had <laughs> Benz. The Benz. Carl Frederick Benz was born on November 25th, 1844 in mülburg Germany. His childhood was marked by poverty. His father, oh, his father's name was Greg. His father, It's, George, it's Gorg. George, Gorg. 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 George, George. Worked for the railroad and barely managed to make enough to sustain the family and passed away when Carl was only two years old. His mother, Josephine, was resolved to get her son an education, damn it. From his earliest years in school, Carl showed promise at chemistry and mechanics. At age 15, he passed the entrance exam for the mechanical engineering studies program at Karlsruhe Polytechnicum Uh, that's a school it was there that he met Professor Ferdinand Redenbacher Redenbacher's oh, popcorn, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Redenbacher's popcorn. <laughs> Redenbacher is often credited for transforming mechanical engineering from a workshop profession into a science in Germany, and whose teachings and belief the steam engine was becoming obsolete would shape Carl's beliefs and aspirations.
0: It's very yeah. inefficient to cook. After graduating from Karlsruhe in
2: the early 1860s, Karl began his career working various engineering and construction jobs in Germany. But all the while his entrepreneurial brain was churning away. While it's impossible to know when exactly Carl first became intrigued by the idea of an engine-powered horseless carriage, many had attempted to make a horseless carriage since at least 1769, but none of them have worked reliably, if at all. Meanwhile, Internal combustion engines had existed in various forms since the early 1800s and were revolutionized in 1867 when Nicholas Otto created the first four-stroke engine, an invention that would quickly find its way to power machinery in factories. By the time Carl met Bertha Ringer on June 27, 1869, his idea to power a carriage with a combustion engine was in place. He even discussed the idea with Bertha and her mother on the day they met. Bertha was enamored by Carl's intelligence and big dreams and the two were engaged within a year. Do you think
1: people back then were just better at keeping dates because they didn't take information for granted like we do now? Like mm, yeah. if I wanted to like mark a date Right now, Mm -hmm. all I would have to do is like put it in my phone and it would link with like my computer and any future phone and computer that I'll ever have. But like, I could not tell you the day I met my fiance. Right. Yes, I am. You know the day. Gavin, what date did you meet your wife? No No idea. But (laughs) this is like over a hundred years ago. And we know that Carl and Bertha Benz met on June 27th, 1869. I met
0: my fiance February 19th. 2022 shut up <laughs> <laughs> how do you know that because i retain everything but important knowledge
2: oh uh, so you're saying that's unimportant knowledge
0: no don't uh, dude you're Emily. totally getting twisted <laughs> what happened february 19th 2022? we matched on hinge uh, yeah. okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll be right back with more of this story but first a word from our sponsors
3: in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's ang com.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. <laughs> Get it? With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation.
1: He partnered with a mechanic named August Ritter. That's cool. Oh, I love his That's chocolate. That's a good name. And together, they operated a mechanical workshop in Iron Foundry in Mannheim, where Carl would work on his motorized carriage design in his spare time.
0: It's oh. funny because everyone has a name that you recognize from a product. Yeah. You know?
1: Like Ritter Sport.
2: Or August the Month.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, things got off to a rocky start. The company struggled Uh-oh. in its first year, and Ritter proved to be an unreliable partner. When additional funds were needed to keep the doors open, Ritter pieced the straight F out. And when Carl was <laughs> unable to pay his bills, his tools were seized by local authorities. What? But Bertha saved the day. She secured an advance on her pay of her dowry to buy out Ritter. Whoa. What? So she just got money dowry, from her but dad? But isn't her dowry money that
0: Carl gave her dad? No, dowry is what the wife's dad gives to the husband. Yeah. The 1870s
1: were a pivotal decade for Carl. He and Bertha married in July 1872 and by 1877 he was a father to five children. Five years later, That's baby. a baby a year. One a year. Yikes. Nice. Nice dude. Everything works. <laughs> his business was relatively stable throughout the 1870s as well which allowed him to spend a considerable amount of time working on his motor carriage project. Carl worked through the decade to overcome his biggest hurdle, the engine. Mm. Because Nicholas Otto had patent rights on the four-stroke engine, Carl was forced to create an alternate design. Mm. When his two-stroke finally ran smoothly for the first time on New Year's Eve 1879, Carl was finally ready to take the next That's step. That's pretty sick, like yeah. getting the project done on New Year's Eve. Uh-huh. Yeah. like, next year's going to be... Different. Yeah.
0: I can't celebrate until I get this working. Yeah.
1: We're going to start next year off with a working engine. Yeah. From day one.
0: That's a Q1 working engine. Q1 working
1: engine. (laughs) To infuse more cash into the business, he began patenting the inventions he created for his two-stroke engine, including an engine speed regulation system, an ignition via a battery system, Mm -hmm. spark plugs, gear shifters, and water-cooled radiators. Wow. In 1881, Carl took on a new partner named Emil Bueller, a successful local photographer to help with financing the venture. Carl's domain would be supervising the construction of the stationary engines while Bueller handling his sales and marketing. Nice. Unfortunately, as it had been with Ritter, Carl's new partner, was unreliable. God, a photographer who said he's going to take care of sales. I yeah. was going to say yeah. the uh,
2: photographer. He's probably out there when he's supposed to be taking care of the car stuff. He's
1: probably <clears throat> doing a photo shoot with some yeah. model. Yeah, yeah there's probably yeah saying <laughs> hey, being weird. Yeah, being weird. <laughs> it's probably being yeah. weird Can to we some do model. Less clothing this yeah, time. Yeah, maybe I don't know. You're so beautiful. we <laughs> show it off. Anyway, Bueller had hired a sales agent named Otto Schmuck, <laughs> 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 He would spend more money promoting sales than he. T- took in. Is that where the word schmuck comes from? Carl was forced to take out a loan to keep the business afloat. Given his spotty financial history, he was required by the bank to incorporate before he could be given any more money. Carl scrambled to put the corporation together. To get the necessary deals done, he was forced to bring in other investors and became a joint stock company officially establishing gas motorin' fabric Mannheim in october 1882 in the end carl was left with only five percent of his company's shares and oh, was downgraded no. from his position what uh oh, man. man dude come on you suck one of carl's highest priorities was building a small four-stroke engine now released from patent productions oh. for his motor carriage project but the newly established board of directors had no interest in the project <laughs> and didn't take many of his ideas or opinions into account for business operations. Why did they join? Within three months, he and the board were at odds, and the board even called his sanity into question. Carl packed his things and left the corporation in the fall of 1883. Not only had he lost his business, but unbeknownst to him, he had new competition. Why why join the company? Why
0: join
2: the board? Why Mm -hmm. buy in if you're going to if you hate everything the dude does. Yeah. I
0: think they're moles. They're jerks. Mm-hmm.
2: Hostile takeover perhaps?
0: Yeah. This is Kendall Roy and yeah, these are a fan. couple of, mm-hmm. my dad told me to
3: Mm.
1: Because my dad told me to.
2: (laughs) Gottlieb Daimler was born on March 17, 1834 in Schondorf, Germany. Though Daimler had shown interest in public service as a young boy, an unstable political climate led him to a four-year rifle apprenticeship instead. Uh After completing his apprenticeship and spending some time getting practical experience, he decided to enroll in an advanced vocational course in Stuttgart, and in 1857, found himself in a two-year engineering course. After finishing this course, Daimler bounced from job to job across France, England and Germany before he found stable employment around <laughs> 1870 in gas motor and fabric home to Nicholas Otto and his patented four-stroke engine. so he's now he's working for the guy. The main dude. Yeah, automobile. It was here that Daimler would meet Wilhelm Maybach, whose brilliance, what? Mm-hmm, yeah. whose brilliance impressed Daimler so much he convinced Deutsche Management to make him chief engineer of the design division. Together, Daimler and Maybach began studying Otto's four-stroke engine and continued to refine it together until 1875, at which point they were convinced that it had reached its potential. <laughs>
0: like,
1: this is it. <laughs> about as good as they get. Yeah. <laughs> it's 1875. <laughs> I cannot see how cars can get any better than this. This is the best it's going to be. <laughs> However, Otto wasn't a fan of their adaptations. Fearing the
2: integrity of his patent would be challenged by the developments made on his engine design, Otto left the business side of Deutz to work on a lighter four-stroke Engine. Daimler, headstrong and unafraid of conflict, challenged Otto, leading to patent disputes. And while Otto was the engine's inventor, rights had been given to Deutz to manufacture the engine. And while exact details are unclear, it is believed that Daimler's argument was that the developments he and Maybach made to Otto's engine was their intellectual property. In September of 1881, the dispute became so heated, it was suggested that Daimler set up a new office for the company in St. Petersburg, Russia, in hopes his absence would ease tensions. Otto, however, was unconvinced the conflict would be resolved if Daimler remained at the company in any capacity at all. So before the end of the year, Daimler was asked to leave the company, and he convinced Maybach to resign with him.
0: Imagine if like IP didn't exist and everything was like common, Mm-hmm. Use like how fast progression would happen. Mm-hmm. People aren't just like, eh, "This is mine. This is my mm-hmm. valve design." And it's like, "Chill, dude. Let me use uh, your valves." I'm kind of all for.
1: You
2: know, I think globe. it's I
0: think it's important that if you design, spend time designing something.
2: Well, it's tricky, yeah, because if like you put in all the labor and investment. Yeah. in a capitalist system then yeah you should that should be protected but Absolutely. obviously like fair use mm-hmm. yes. is what uh, that's a lot of what we do is fair use yeah or it helped launch the company in a very large capacity doing fair use stuff so i mean it's it's a it's a balance to be hit for sure it is a balance
0: yeah i in like a perfect world where everyone shares ideas <laughs> i think we would be i see where you're coming from like further along if you try and make any Shirts
1: with Mo' Power Baby on them. <laughs> Expect a letter from my lawyer. James is not kidding. Uh-
2: <laughs> we'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. Daimler and Maybach were convinced that the internal combustion engine could revolutionize personal transit, but quickly came to the same conclusion that Carl Benz had. The greatest challenge would be building an engine light enough to power things other than factory machinery. Using their shareholding revenue from Deutz, the two pooled their finances and set up shop in a small greenhouse behind Daimler's villa. it oh, has got a it's villa so now? Too- a friggin villa? In bad Can. That's the town. And set to work in October of 1882.
0: It seems hot. Like hotter than a shed. That to would work be in. really hot. Yeah.
2: The next year, the same year Benz had left his corporation, Daimler and Maybach patented the world's first fast running internal combustion engine, which was up to five times faster and more than seven times lighter than the auto four stroke. Oh, take that auto. Yeah. Suck it auto. A bitter Daimler publicly commented that comparing his engine to Otto's was like, quote, Comparing a rifle to a blunderbuss. Nice. What is a blunderbuss? A blunderbuss is a is it a, fluted? It's one? fluted. It's got the fluted <laughs> barrel at the <laughs> end and you just like cram a bunch and of it's shit a, in it.
0: It's a round bullet. Mm, right? I think it is like a ball. So it's like a accurate. Yeah. It's, oh, so it's, like, inaccurate. A yeah. it's yeah. like a pilgrim gun. It's huge it's like a though. Gun, <laughs> it's yeah. a big one. A pilgrim gun. And it's heavy. That's why I think we make it that. Well, it's just oh, technology. Dude, buses
2: <laughs> are sick, actually. You want one? I like their profile. They look cool. I'll get you one. You get me one? Yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks,
0: dude. Blunderbuss Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> That's blunderbussing. But I think Blunder the point cool. the point is that it's heavy and inaccurate. Yeah. Carl,
1: meanwhile, was determined to resume work as quickly as possible on his motorized carriage. It was Bertha who convinced Carl to seek investors, and he soon found two businessmen who shared his passion, named Max Casper Rose and Friedrich Wilhelm Esslinger. The three men jointly financed the creation of Benz and C. On October 1st, 1883, with a primary focus on manufacturing industrial machines and stationary gas engines, their business was quickly profitable and provided Carl with a steady income to work on his motor carriage. When it came time to build the chassis, Carl decided that instead of putting the engine on a carriage, he would build a carriage around the engine. (gasps) Fascinating. He ultimately decided upon a tricycle configuration. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude, like a key, like like a peel. Which he believed would be lighter and easier to steer. Using a drive chain technology similar to a bicycle, (laughs) Carl finished constructing what many consider to be the first automobile in 1885, the Patent Motorwagen. Hell yeah. A two-seater tricycle with a four-stroke, one-cylinder gasoline engine making two-thirds of a horsepower.
2: They've got a replica of one of these things at the Peterson. I, I saw it the other day. I've got a picture of it. me crouching down next yeah. to it. Oh, like... Over the wire, dude. I nice. got permission from Whoa, museum staff. That's, that's Nice. Like, dude, we cool.
1: run that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Uh, uh, Although, I, I uh, did get in trouble last time I was there. Oh.
0: Uh, I remember... Uh, trying to get this as fast as possible in Gran Turismo. uh uh-huh. I think it's like 12, 13 miles per hour down. It's hauling down. ass, dude. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the first few trials of the Motorwagen in the fall of 1885 were hardly successful. On the initial test drive, the engine stalled, and after it was restarted, the drive chain snapped. Oh, man. Oh, That's oh, hard man. to get... She is
0: made of him. horse veins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which was the most plentiful material yeah. at the time. <laughs> at the second test a week later, Carl somehow managed to drive the motor wagon straight into the
0: wall. <sighs> oh, wow. oh my God. Yes. That
1: fast. <laughs> <laughs> and its third and That's somewhat so successful test, Carl's son, Eugen. Eugen! 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 Which is what they modeled the sound of a horn after. Yeah. You can. You can. Yeah. Well, he had to run alongside the motor wagon, carrying a can of gasoline <laughs> as it wasn't yet <laughs> equipped with a fuel tank. Faster, son! Oh, Faster, Eugen! Faster! <laughs> Despite the rocky start, Carl could claim a victory when on January 29th, 1886, he received a patent for the motorwagen, a document now widely considered to be the birth certificate of the automobile. Hell yeah, dude. Like, the first car ever was born. January like, 29th, 1886.
0: Like calling a car, like, copyright car. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Benz patent motorwagen. I mean, that's
2: like, I feel kind of. Rubbing in the face of the competition a little yeah. bit, the yeah. people so that kicked Otto. him out of his
0: company, yeah. Yeah. saying, "Look, Motor bitches, buggy.
2: I got the pad for this shit." Yeah,
0: yeah. And then Otto's like, "I'm gonna name the whole industry after my name, <laughs> <head." laughs> the
2: automobile. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I love these doing these stories of like guys making doohickeys in their garage. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. It's so cool. Yeah, dude, I love a doohickey <laughs> or a watchamacallit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. a contraption. I love contraptions. A what? Think of Bob. Think a Bob. That's a bit smaller, I think. A short distance away, Daimler and Maybach were hard at work on their own prototype. A few months prior, in August 1885, they had received a patent for a proto-motorcycle they called the Rheightwagon. Described by writer Dennis Adler as, quote, a suspensionless motor-driven cycle with carriage wheels, the Wright wagon even accomplished a 3.7-mile round-trip journey on its first test drive. That's a long way.
1: That's long, dude. That's a long long way back then, dude. It's almost four miles, dude. (laughs) It's almost four miles.
2: That would take me all day. That's long. That's far. In 1886, only a few months after uh, Carl's motor wagon had hit the road, Daimler and Maybach successfully tested and patented the first four-wheel, four-stroke motor wagon, mm-hmm. the Daimler motor carriage. it one more wheel.
1: Yeah, I know. I was going to say, this one, to me, is really, like, a big... Like, this one's better than the three-wheeled one to me. Because it's got four wheels instead of three. Yeah, I'm into
2: four-wheeled shit.
1: This is way more of a car, I think, than
2: the motor wagon. It's
0: got, like, a bathtub steering wheel. You know how you, like, turn on the faucet? Uh Uh, That's how you steer this thing.
2: Yeah, it does look like a giant... Knob that same year, Daimler and Myback also unveiled the world's first motorboat. Nice. Critics gave both motor wagons mixed reviews. They're like, both I
0: <laughs> I this shit sucks. Wait, who, 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 what kind of critics were back then?
2: Horse critics?
0: Uh, They
1: had (laughs) (laughs) like this thing isn't even cute. (laughs) You can't kiss this. Where do you put the carrots? (laughs) Yeah. uh, This
2: thing's personality sucks. (laughs) And the general public was also highly skeptical of the motorized carriages for a variety of reasons ranging from a more practical fear that the engine might explode. You know what? Yeah. Reasonable fear back. It's run
0: by explosions. To
2: (laughs) more extreme nineteenth century superstitions, like the fact that when Carl drove his motor wagon it looked quote like the devil driving an
1: infernal carriage.
2: They were
0: super religious back then. This wasn't
1: that long ago. People are super religious now.
2: (laughs) I
0: know, like even more extreme now.
2: Some level of mistrust was justified as a few public displays had gone poorly, including one event where the driver lost control and hit a wall. Carl, being the perfectionist he was, used these test failures as an excuse to avoid putting the vehicle into production and limiting testing to his yard, around the workshop, and nearby roads. He also always had mechanics riding along with him. Smart. I mean, shouldn't he be a mechanic? He invented the dang thing. Yeah. He's just, he's like, look, man, I just build it. I don't fix it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But everything was about to change because of Bertha Benz. Here at Past Gas, we've covered this topic before in an episode titled Bertha Benz. Was this the first road trip ever? It was. It's a good episode, but here's a quick refresher. Bertha wanted to prove to the general public that her husband's invention could drive the way people travel, so she hatched a plan. Unbeknownst to Carl, Bertha set out from Mannheim in the Patent Motorwagen Model 3 with two of their sons. The panel panel gaps on that thing were probably
0: horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: And traveled to her mother's home in Pforzheim, which was 66 miles away. She left before Carl even woke up, something she described later as a real conspiracy. Uh, This is so sneaky. With a 120-plus mile round trip, Bertha proved the readiness of his invention to Carl and established the potential future of the automobile to skeptics and caused an avalanche of publicity that intrigued the public. The drive is also considered the world's first practical real-world condition test and prompted Carl to add a lower gear for climbing hills and brake lining and proved that the real world testing was an essential step for future development.
0: Because she improved the brakes. She used like little copper disc brakes or something that she fabbed up herself. And
2: wasn't it like a a stick with a thing on the, like a rubber thing on the bottom? Yeah, I think
0: the original one was like, uh, you just, you know, like a a go-kart brake where you just like hit the tire or whatever. But she improved it on this trip. And also the hill thing is because she went through the hills and had to have, like, a bunch of boys push her up a hill at some <laughs> point, and was like, That this must have been you. the
2: best day of their lives. I know.
0: Oh! This, like, devil carriage yeah. comes out of nowhere, and suddenly your fr- you and your friends have something to do for ha- an afternoon.
1: Yeah, it wasn't no PlayStation back then. Tell no. you what. Tell, no. <laughs> tell you what. That PlayStation back then, grass. Not a lot of games. Not a lot of games. Some no. good ones. Some good ones. Some, classics. <laughs> some classics. Like yeah. chess. Chess. Sticks. Stick and hoop? Stick, stick and hoop. Stick. <laughs> uh, my favorite game is Stick. <laughs>
0: you, know what,
1: you know what Xbox was back then?
2: What? Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <Yeah. laughs> nice.
0: Oh, my, my Xbox is
1: bricked. <laughs> my freaking mom took away my rocks.
2: That probably was yeah.
0: the
1: thing that yeah. Like, especially if you had a really nice stick yeah, yeah. that you love playing with. Like. Don't uh, stare at that stick all day. You'll go blind. I told you, you've had enough stick time today. <laughs> <laughs> go stare at grass. <laughs> In September of 1888,
2: Carl displayed the Model 3 at the Munich Engineering Exposition Offering test drives,
1: a newspaper wrote, "Quote: Seldom, if ever." As passerby in the streets or our city seen a more startling sight. Another said, without any sign of steam or visible means of propulsion, human or otherwise, the vehicle proceeded on its way without difficulty and was followed by a great crowd of breathless pedestrians. Because they're trying to keep up, they're like, yeah. "Can I get right? around?"
0: <laughs> probably just spit now. Uh, we've so never run exhaust. before.
1: <laughs> Jogging wasn't really a thing until like the
0: sixties well, or seventies. It wasn't 70s.
2: a
1: thing that people did to do yeah. like it wasn't a thing that you had to like think about doing yeah. Yeah. it was a thing that you did if you wanted to get somewhere faster Yeah, so like people ran yeah. they just didn't have to make <laughs> it on, on purpose but that's yeah. crazy to me to think oh yeah like people ran people it's, ran. it's Jogging being like an activity is a product of people not running so much that they're like, you know what I'm going to do? Start running. Run. (laughs) That was just called faster.
2: (laughs) Carl was convinced that this was the future, and despite his skeptical business partners, Benz and C began manufacturing the vehicles for sale in 1888, becoming the first company in the world to do so. As the 1880s came to an end, Daimler and Maybach, could lay claim to tremendous strides as well. In addition to starting the world's first taxi line in Stuttgart in 1888, the two had also developed a two-cylinder V engine, a V-twin, which had the best power-to-weight ratio for an engine at the time. The engine was fitted to what would become known as the wire wheel car, which featured the company's first purpose-built auto chassis and several remarkable technological developments, including a four-speed tooth wheel gearbox. (laughs) like... I just imagine that thing just grinds like hell yeah. if you don't get you it gotta right. I really imagine. Yeah, ribs. it had a steel tubular frame which served oh. as the cooling water circuit as well. Oh. that's sick. So the yeah, coolant really going through the the that's frame That's super cool.
0: We yeah, were just cool. talking, we about were talking about some English, yeah. build yeah. having that, right?
2: This car also had axle pivot steering, so that's really dope. Dang! By 1890, <laughs> guys. Dang, guys. Really a Wait, lot. so it's oh. like
0: a solid axle and the axle just turns? So no, the no, pivots.
1: Think, like. I think it's like what we kinda like know what, today. Yeah. Like if you like in a go kart.
0: Yeah. So like, like okay, okay, gotcha. And then and there's like a, a push rod or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: By eighteen ninety, Benz was the second largest manufacturer of stationary engines in Germany. After taking home a gold medal for his Model 3 Motorwagen at the Paris exhibition, Carl hired two new partners to handle his day to day business operations in order to give himself time to dedicate to engineering. Daimler and Maybach were also restructuring and established Daimler Motorwagen Gesellschaft. Oh, I love that word. Gesellschaft. Gesellschaft. It's like yeah. G Wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Or DMG. Ah. In November 1890. <laughs> GMG carried its predecessor company's forward-thinking approach, seeing potential for the combustion engine in all forms of transit, including public transit. Sales took off towards the mid-1890s, and both companies began to act as if they were in competition with one another. Look at
0: us. Look, are we competing?
1: (laughs) 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 Benz responded to the four-wheeled Daimler motor carriage with the four-wheeled Benz Victoria with a K a more luxurious and reliable alternative to the Model 3. It was shortly followed up by the Velo, a smaller version of the Victoria, and is considered by some to be the world's first compact car. The two Benzes would become the world's first successfully marketed horseless carriages, with at least 1,200 sold between 1894 and 1901. That's a lot. The two companies also competed in the commercial vehicle space. In the mid-1890s, Benz built Germany's first commercial bus. DMG responded with general-purpose trucks and motor-driven fire engines. True to their land-air-sea philosophy, DMG became one of the first successful motorboat manufacturers <laughs> <laughs> and began the process of developing their own motor-driven dirigibles. Hell yeah! I like yeah. dirigible because it sounds like an elephant for some reason. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Like... Why it's so weird to me? Why just call it a blimp?
1: You know, I think because a blimp is a type of dirigible.
0: What? Are, what's another type?
1: Hot air balloon, zeppelin. Zeppelin's a blimp.
0: They are different.
1: It's different. I couldn't tell that you. how. It's the same to me. <laughs> hey, listen. I think you're fronting because you don't know a lot about old-timey aviation.
0: Look, if you want to argue about funiculars. I could go all day,
1: <laughs> all right? Both companies turned their attention outside Germany's borders as well. Benz began working with importers and DMG began to look abroad to develop additional markets. DMG even secured licensing agreements outside of Germany, where manufacturers would build their products for the local markets. This is not unlike Honda making the Accord in the U.S. today. That makes sense. Yep. Build them where you sell them. Build them where you sell them. Employ the people.
0: It's cheaper on costs, and you can also say it's built in this country, so you should Hmm. buy it because you live in this country. Yeah.
1: While most of Daimler's sales throughout the 1890s were its chain-driven Schroeder, and variants of the Daimler motor carriage, their most important car came in 1897, the Phoenix. Oh, hell yeah. Named after the engine that had served them throughout the decade and the initial six and eight horsepower engines that initially powered the car itself. This thing's, this, this is an old time car
2: right now. Yeah, here. this
0: is like, oh, you're like, oh, now I see it's. Becoming a Mm -hmm. car. It's got a a grill in front of the engine area. There's probably a radiator somewhere tucked behind that. The seats are not just like little bench chairs that you put (laughs) Yeah.
2: No, I mean that's a that's a car. Yeah. That's a car. That's
0: a car. That's a car. car. There's no arguing that it's a car. (laughs) Phoenix (laughs) was a huge
1: step in moving from motor carriages to a design more typical of the modern automobile. Like we were saying. We just said it was the world's first front engine car and had a foot brake and steering lever or wheel. When you think about it, it
2: must have been strange to have a a brake, a foot brake. Yeah. Uh, Like you climb in it and they're like, oh, you actually have to use your feet to drive this thing too. I
1: think that like a lot of, like it's the industrial revolution Mm kind of, and I think a lot of machines like in factories and stuff were operated by your feet.
0: You can't just yell, whoa, at it and it'll stop.
1: Whoa! Oh no! Uh, wagons had foot brakes. Did they? Yeah. Oh. Really? Okay. Then I guess it wasn't that weird. The Phoenix also featured pneumatic tires. Was eventually equipped with a 1.5 liter four cylinder engine with a tubular radiator with a and turbocharger weighed in making 485 <laughs> <horsepower>. <laughs> A 5.2 liter supercharger <laughs> and weighed in at a modern 3,080 Good. pounds. God, was yeah. It probably made out of freaking wood and iron. <laughs> That's wow. Heavy. Over the course of the 1890s, DMG sold 108 automobiles and the staff had nearly doubled in size to 344, but the far more impressive resume for the 19th century belonged to Carl Bench. Yes, that's our guy. Yeah, Yeah. that's the
2: guy we rooting for. Hell yeah, dude. Let's go, Carl.
1: By 1899, he could claim to be the largest and most successful automaker in the world. with The world's first large-scale production and having sold over 2,000 motorcars across the globe in Europe, North America, Singapore, what? South oh. Africa, and Australia. That's, wow. Dang. Look at this guy. 2,000 cars. Uh, Daimler my Ball. Uh.
2: <laughs> Daimler my sack. Yeah, how about you
1: Daimler that? my balls sack. That's, a, that's just all right.
2: Yeah. My sack, my back. I know I uh, got it. Uh, Daimler my but What sack. is
0: Daimler's
1: How about you Daimler my sack? (laughs) See, he said the thing I said,
0: but like different. I still don't understand what Daimler is supposed to represent.
1: Daimler, all of my sack. I get, I
0: get. It sounds funny if you say it funny. Uh huh. (laughs) How about you
1: Daimler my sack? Can motor carriage my balls in your mouth?
0: <laughs> You've been making that joke for a while now. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Mm. Joe's mad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Joe's mad. Stymler my balls. <laughs> The car was going global thanks to
2: these two companies, and what began as a novel means of transit and a display of wealth would soon revolutionize the way people moved themselves. Mm -hmm. Neither company could imagine in that just a few short decades, nations would be devoting enormous sums of money to building infrastructure to support their inventions. But before the Autobahn would be built, the competition between Benz and DMG would heat up dramatically, and the two would find themselves not only competing for sales numbers, but on the racetrack as well, and it would be DMG who got the better start. Uh In the early 1900s, DMG would be poised to take a tremendous leap forward in modernizing the automobile when a wealthy Austrian aristocrat would persuade the company to build him a car that he could race. Whoa. The result would be so revolutionary that a stubborn Carl Benz would be forced back to the drawing board and essentially have to reinvent the automobile all over again. That's next time Ooh, Pass Gas
1: on it. part two of our four part series on Mercedes Benz next week on Pass Gas. Carl Benz will have to bend over and take <laughs> it. Daimler on my balls. <laughs> That was a great first uh, episode. Great first episode. This is me. the very beginning mm-hmm. of cars to mm-hmm. understand the car. You that was a great first uh, episode. Great first episode. This is me. the very beginning mm-hmm. of cars mm-hmm. to understand the car. You got to go back to the beginning of the car. That's what we just did. I'm really looking forward to it. guys. We're only at 1900. I know. I know. Where do we go, <laughs> we go
0: from here? I don't Where do know.
1: we go? <laughs> well, according to the Daimler guys, they we're done. No. <laughs> you no, know, Otto. Otto was like, yeah. this is it, dude. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have looked I into I want like little a little epilogue where it's like Otto's just like, yeah. well, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he out, doubled down on carriages for yeah. horses. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out there was a lot that we could have done. <laughs> uh, VTEC.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we got some listener mail this week. I'll keep it short. James's new name is James Piston. No discussion needed. Because you wanted a new last name. Secondly, the yellow stuff in a crab is an organ. Basically, it's pancreas, yeah. so it filters out the bad stuff. Um, maybe try no eating organs sometimes. <laughs> uh, Josh Hudson. Well said, Josh. Well
1: said, Josh. <laughs> That's gross. Were we talking about crabs? <laughs> We're talking about crabs. We're talking about the mustard. Yeah, crab Uh-oh. mustard. It's yummy. Mm. Don't want to eat a pancreas, I guess. Or I don't yeah. care. I mean, you're eating an animal. Who cares what part it is?
0: Well, I mean, they're. It's the filter of the animal. Yeah, yeah, that it's is. It's all the bad gross. stuff,
2: supposedly. Uh, it's probably a lot of microplastics in there. So that oh, gives it yeah. a nice
0: chemical. But you are the one that made those microplastics because we just found out that tire uh, stuff is the most microplastics really? in the ocean. Yeah. Tires. Well, that was so not many, well said at all. There's so
1: many tires in the world. Yeah. yeah. In a previous episode, I did mention that I want to change my last name. Yeah. Uh, thank you for submitting James Piston. I don't think I'm going to go with it's it because someone could say to my kids, hey, I pissed in your mouth. Oh,
2: dude.
0: <laughs> you did you think to of that, Josh? And
1: like school bullies when choosing got child's to. name. Yeah. Daimler, my balls, Josh. Nice try. <laughs> so,
0: Pishigan is still the number Pishigan, one last name. Yeah. <laughs> Either
1: Pishigan or Reptile. <laughs> or both hyphenated, James, Michigan Reptile. Pishigan reptile. <laughs> I pitched again in your mouth.
0: Ah, oh, okay, that's oh, gotta
1: crack. go. Okay, well, if you guys have a, if you, if you guys have a, an idea for a new name for my family, Keep I'm open coming. to it. Keep I would coming. like to change my name. Something strong, something cool, something like Shelby. <laughs> um, but you know, all right. Cool. You can uh, submit those at passcast at donutmedia.com. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Join us next week for part two of our four-part series on Mercedes. I love these multi-part episodes. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to this. Tell a friend about it if you like it, you think they will like it. If you haven't already, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, oh, if you're a longtime fan of Donut and you want some Donut apparel or accessories we are now available at all Zoomies in North America and select Blue Tomatoes in Europe, which is a store in Europe. Mm-hmm. Take Euros. I, like to, I have like I still have like 20 Euros because I didn't get them Yeah, you could buy most of a shirt at Blue Tomatoes. Let's <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> I'll book all a right. flight. 12 hour cool. flight. Let's do it. Thank all you. Right.